Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Friends, let us now hear a reading from God's Holy Scripture and according to the Gospel of Mark. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance to the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. This morning at the nine o'clock service, we were full. And we were full for pandemic numbers here again at 11. You know, I look around and I see faces I haven't seen in a while. Or if I have, maybe it's vicariously through Facebook or in one of those little moving squares in a Zoom meeting. Like about the time I figure out who you are, somebody else joins the meeting and you move around. It is just good to be together, to see each of you to listen to the choir, our instrument friends from the brass, to remind us of why we gather on Sundays, why we gather on this day, and those of you that are still at home, why you gather with us as well. Because what happens, what we do in worship matters. And it matters because it influences who we are as people. So as I see your faces, I've seen some of your family already, and yet some of you I will see your family again at one. When we started thinking about what Easter was going to be like as we saw the numbers fall in our favor, we knew that you wanted to be here as much as we wanted you here. And the 9 and 11 o'clock service were easy, but we thought, what if there are still more that can't get in the room? What should we do? Do you think anyone will come to church on Easter Sunday at 1 o'clock? And the answer is yes. Because we want to be here celebrating the story that Tammy just read. 
I think it talks about who we are as a people, and it talks about who we are as a congregation, that we want to gather together to praise the Lord for what we have received this day, both in this place now, but so many years ago. And so as I hear the buzz as you come in the room, as I hear the laughter and the cackle of children, earlier in the nine o'clock service, there was a young girl sitting up in the balcony to my right, your left. And during Handel's Messiah, she is dancing in the pew, much to her mother's chagrin. But during that alleluia, during that alleluia, that alleluia chorus, that was the piece, because that's what it's really about, to be gathered together. So as we ponder those words that Tammy read, would you join with me in prayer? Almighty and gracious God, we gather in your house once again on this Sunday of Sundays, the one that launched them all for us, the Sabbath that has a whole new meaning because the tomb was empty. So may the music that we hear, the liturgy that we hear, may it fill our souls and transform us so that we would go forth and do the liturgy, the work of the people, not just as hearers of the word, but as doers of the word. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. It's all part of the human condition. We all like to hear our name called. We all like to be noticed. We all want to be recognized. I mean, think about this. I think back to my childhood with that TV show, Romper Room, and how I would watch the show and whatever was going on in the show. But remember at the end of the show, just waiting as the host, she would say, and I see Billy, and I see Susan, and I see Tom. And I'm like, oh, come on, you see me? I'm right here, I'm right here. And I'm just, I'm about just, you know, to wear out the carpet in front of the TV, hoping that she will see me and call my name. And I know she called my name. It just happened to be the one day that I was watching a different show. So I tell myself. Or think about student assemblies. You know, this is always, you know, as kids, you know, you, you, you look for student assembly because it's a way not to go to class. Whether that, and it always happens to fall, if you're lucky, during the class, you like the least. And you sit in there in student assembly and they drone on and on about magazine sales or something or else or, you know, whatever they do. And then finally get around to the Student of the Month Award and your ears perk up, hoping that they will call your name so that you can get that certificate in the t-shirt or whatever it is they're giving away. Or as we were talking about this this week in worship planning, one of my colleagues, one of the members of our church said, goes, yeah, like when the Lord calls your name, like, on oh, the price is right. And I was like, I don't think that's quite where we're going to get to, but you've got the idea. We want to hear our name called. And then there are those times that you don't want to hear your name called. What I like to call like the, the, um, the name rank and serial number, you know, Philip Glenn Kinkin Third. I can remember when I heard that in that cadence, nothing good was about to come my way. Sometimes you don't want to hear it. One of my former youth, his name was Justin. Justin was in a group of kids, a little bit rowdy. They had a lot of fun. And invariably on youth trips, we'd be driving in the church van, and I could see the mayhem behind me. And I'd be like, all right, boys, 
boys, and for a while I called their names and it didn't work, and I finally figured out what would do it. And I would look back there, and Justin was usually the ringleader, and I would say 472-0533. That was his mama's number. Amazingly, seven numbers, and the waters in the back seat of the church van calmed down just like that. And it worked really great until we were on our trip somewhere cutting up and some of the adult leaders were having fun and we were probably being a little louder than we should have been. And all of a sudden I heard 4754554. And Justin with the biggest grin on his face was calling out my home number as if he was gonna call Mary and tell her I was misbehaving. See, having our names called, it's very specific. It's very personal. And depending on the situation, it's praise or punishment or a warning. But there's power in having our name called. It means something to us. So in today's passage that Tammy read, it's Mark's account of the resurrection. Similar to all the others, what you find in Matthew and Luke and John, you have Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome going to the tomb. They're carrying spices. They're going to go anoint the body. The biggest concern they have is who's going to roll the stone away because we can't. Almost as if to think that the Lord will provide. And when they get there, lo and behold, the stone had been moved. And they looked in and not only the stone had moved, but the body was gone. And there was this man clothed in white, an angel, And he said, he's not here. He has been raised from the dead. But these are the next words, the words that really matter most. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Mark's is the only gospel that records that interchange where they talk about Jesus has been risen and go and tell my brothers or go and tell my disciples. Mark is the only gospel in which one of them is singled out. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Very specific, very intentional, a personal invitation, if you will. And my brothers and sisters, we are the Easter people. We are the children of the resurrection. The day is the holiest day in the Christian year. Some people say, well, what about Christmas? Well, Christmas starts the story, but this Christmas, he was born for this. So it's the holiest day of the Christian year. So crowds naturally flock to church. I mean, in 2014, there were 150,000 people that filled Vatican Square, so many so that it poured out beyond the Vatican and out into the streets of Rome going to the Tiber River. In 1939, the the data records that there were 40,000 people that filled God's acre for the Moravian Sunrise Service. In 2019, right here during this hour, there were 1,150 of us gathered for worship. 1800 that whole day and even here in the pandemic season we filled the church to pandemic capacity at nine now 11 and still room for more at one so imagine with me if you will if you're in any one of those crowds i just described that they're going on and all of a sudden your name is called specifically susie the resurrection is for you 
Edwin, the resurrection is for you. Nancy, the resurrection is for you. Charlie, the resurrection is for you. Russell, the resurrection happened for you. In that moment, in that moment, when your name is called, two things are very apparent. You're singled out for by Christ because Christ wants a relationship with us. Wants a relationship with you. Christ wants that in your heart. But the other thing that's apparent in that is that we need to be reconciled to Christ. And that we are needed to serve Christ. I mean, think about that. That's what's happening in that exchange when Jesus, when the, when the angel tells Mary and Mary and Salome, go tell the disciples and Peter. That's what's happening. I mean, what I love about Peter is Peter is sort of this quintessential disciple. He's a fisherman who left the biggest catch behind to take on a new catch, to be fishers of people, to be a disciple. He's got the zeal that when, he's, when Jesus is asking the disciples, who do you say that I am? They're all coming up with answers. And he looks at Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ. And Jesus says, you get it. And then later he says, but let me tell you what's going to happen. And Peter's incredulous. Peter doesn't believe that the crowds would turn against Jesus, doesn't believe that the crowds would kill him, doesn't believe that he would be raised from the dead in three days. And he says, that can't be true. And then just a few nights ago, as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, when Jesus is telling the disciples about this, he says to Peter, he says, guess what, Peter? You're a good guy, but you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows Friday morning. And Peter says, no, I'm not. I'll never deny you. No, not me. I'll never deny you. And then you know the rest of the story. Jesus gets arrested and someone says, hey, aren't you with that group of people around Jesus? Oh no, you got me mistaken for someone else. Later on, hey, weren't you one of his disciples? Did I see you at the temple? Nope, that wasn't me. I was down the street at the convenience store. He says, hey, you're hanging around Pilate's place. Aren't you one of Jesus's kind? Sorry. I'm just hanging around to see what the show is. See, in his fear, did that. But then we get this exchange, this piece that Jesus that is being spoken by the angel, being spoken to the women. He says, "Go tell the disciples and Peter." See, Peter had denied him, focusing on himself. On Friday, he was depressed and he was lost. He was really upset because he realized how far he had fallen. And in the moment of this text, go tell Peter what you hear is Jesus is reconciling him to himself. This idea of bringing him back into relationship. Jesus knows Peter. He knows his heart. He loves him. And with the grace and the forgiveness that only Christ in heaven can offer to him, that only comes through the resurrection, reconciliation on steroids, if you will, he specifically calls Peter's name and says, by grace, by love, we are restored. By calling his name what he is, he's paving over that chasm. He's knocking down the wall that Peter's built, the separation that Peter has caused between himself and God. He's pulling him closer and brings him back into right relationship. 
See, my brothers and sisters, the resurrection does that for us. When God calls us by name, when God calls you by name, no matter how your love has failed, no matter how you have built a wall, how we have separated ourselves from God, Jesus says, I'm not worried about the past because my love remains steadfast. I love you enough to die on the cross to be raised from the dead for you. See, he lives, my friends. That's the power of the resurrection. This resurrection power, this empty tomb fills the chasm in our hearts. It fills the separation that we have created between us and God. And it restores us into that right relationship. So when he calls us by name, he says, I'm right here where I've always been. And I love you. I've been raised from the dead for you. That, my friends, is resurrection power. But it goes a step further than just that reconciliation. So remember, he told Peter that Peter was the rock, the one upon whom he was going to build the church. And so you remember what happens, right? Fifty days later, they're gathered for the festival. And as they're gathered there, the Holy Spirit pours out over the people. And people are like, as, as you hear the disciples beginning to speak in all the languages of the world, the people are amazed at this. And then they go, you know what? These guys are drunk. It's like 9.30 and they're already drunk and Peter goes, oh, no, 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 hold on. We're full of a spirit, all right, but it's not those spirits. We're full of the Holy Spirit. And with that, Peter begins to lead and to organize and direct the founding of the early church, the Acts 2 church, that tries to bring about the kingdom in heaven. See, in that text when he says, go tell the disciples and Peter, what was happening was Peter was being commissioned for ministry. That was if to say that I have taught you everything that I have. I've been raised from the dead. I've taught you all that I can, but being raised from the dead, I have bridged that gap. But now I need you. I need you, Peter, to carry the message to the world. I need you to tell the world what has happened right here in the garden that the tomb was empty. So my brothers and sisters, as resurrection people, we are heirs to Peter's legacy. We are heirs to that calling where we are called by name and we must go forth the same way to lead and to serve, to know God, to grow with God and to go to the world and share that love. See, that's the good news the world needs to hear today. The world needs to hear that their hope is not lost that the tomb is empty for you. Will we keep this news to ourselves? Will we go out to brunch and say, yeah, church was pretty good today. And then just sort of let Monday come? Or will we go out and we try to live in a way that the world realizes that the world has changed because of today? That this Sunday is different from all the other Sundays. This Sunday is the penultimate Sunday. This is the reason why we gather and worship. See, we must teach the world. We must build community, we must give, we must serve, we must care for others. Not our agenda, but God's agenda for the sake of the gospel. Because our worship leads to deeper discipleship. Our deeper discipleship leads to transformation not only of our lives, but the lives of those around us so that they may hear their name called. They may recognize that the Lord has reached out to them and has called them by name. Which brings us back to full circle. The tomb, my brothers and sisters, is empty. But as we journey there, as we journey to the garden in the early part of the morning, thinking about that, did you hear your name? 
Did you hear your name called? Listen intently. Go tell his disciples, Peter, and the people called Centenary, and you. Go tell his disciples and Peter and those people called Centenary, and you, that Christ the Lord is risen today. Christ the Lord is risen indeed. Let us rejoice and let us be glad in it, but let us go forth and serve the Lord because his love has done this for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.